I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 355 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have a very inspirational guest returning to the podcast today for a very special Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Former United States Marine, former Navy SEAL Craig Sawyer is back on the podcast today. He and his team at Vets for Child Rescue have just released a very important documentary titled Contraland, which goes deep into the worldwide pandemic of child sex trafficking. I'm so grateful that guys like Craig exist who are tracking down these traffickers because it does take somebody with the skin of a frogman to kick in the walls of this safely guarded underground criminal enterprise. And as you're going to hear from Craig, the money that's involved in this shit is astronomical. And this is affecting the entire human race. Children from every background, religion, financial status, they're all being affected. The digital age that we're in here has made it much simpler for these bastards to operate. Millions of kids are being harmed, and it's almost as if too many people are turning a blind eye to this. It's mind-boggling, but it also goes to see that it's being suppressed. It goes way up the chain here. We all know about Jeffrey Epstein and how it's been kind of a a funny meme, really, about Epstein didn't kill himself. We heard all the jokes, uh, but Epstein was really just a small cog in a very big wheel, and organizations like Vets for Child Rescue are hunting down these guys. They need our support. So there's a link in today's show notes to the documentary Contra Land, which is free to watch. I highly suggest you watch it with your spouse or with your partner. Donate what you can and listen up to this very important conversation that I had with Craig the Sawman Sawyer. And let's keep our children safe out there. This is the worldwide pandemic that we all should be afraid of here. And we all need to be doing something more about it. I am extremely honored to have him back on the podcast. Craig Sawyer will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Craig Sawyer was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you would like to watch the conversation between the former Navy SEAL and myself, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And as always, guys, help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with former Navy SEAL Craig Sawyer. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. There are about 75 cartel organizations that are controlling and trafficking women and children. Now, this is slavery. These children come from our families. It's evil. I don't ever feel like I'm going to be the same. I feel marked. How much is two girls for a half hour? I really wanted my mom to love me. And I also didn't want her to be sick. I'll do it for 150. It's so common that no matter what town you're in, you could probably go within a couple blocks and find a victim or a perpetrator of child trafficking. Real men do not prey upon defenseless and precious children. Knock it off or we're coming for you. Tap the link in the show notes of today's podcast episode to watch Contraland and help support Vets for Child Rescue today. Joining me now, a first-class father, Craig Sawyer. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec. It's a pleasure to be back with you. All right, let's get an update on the kids here. I believe the last time you were here, they were 19 and 15. How old are they now, and how are they doing? Uh, 21 and 17. Uh, they're doing really well. They're really well. Um, Caden's home from school because there is no school to go to, so he's, he's 
working online and uh, Aspen's got a new place with a couple of her friends and she's stepping out on her own and uh, uh, comes back to do the laundry with them occasionally and uh, have dinner and it's just it's cool so it's just life is progressing and uh, you know um, Aspen doesn't want to really deal with all the media and the the follow-ups with with uh, the documentary, the org, she's done her part. She's made her contribution and she's proud of it. And uh, she just wants to leave it in the rearview mirror, but uh, she's in a pretty good place. So we're grateful for that. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. And I was really just blown away by what she was able to accomplish uh, in the, we're going to hit on the contra land in just a second here, but just refresh uh, my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah. Well, I, I was in the Marine Corps and Navy SEAL teams and federal law enforcement. And I started doing some high threat dignitary protection for the Department of State and another agency we don't talk about over in the war zones. And I, I learned about child trafficking, how pervasive it was. And I realized that the secrecy surrounding it was really the biggest threat. It's what allowed it to be so harmful to so many and 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 kind of prevent a larger corrective mechanism against it so i decided to rip the lid off of it to expose it take away that secrecy that the child traffickers enjoy and thrive under and i believe that sunlight is the best antiseptic for corruption so i decided to film contraland which is a documentary to expose child trafficking to the american people and show them the nature of it and show them that it's not just in another country or somewhere else. It's it's right here, right now. They're hunting our children, and we do need to take steps uh, to safeguard them from it because it's so damaging. And uh, so uh, we launched it on Friday uh, the 8th at no charge to the public. We put it up on ContraLandMovie.com, and we're encouraging everybody to go watch it. And if you're compelled by it, share it with the biggest public figures, the biggest politicians, the uh, the biggest mouths, you know, to spread the word, because I really believe it's going to take a viral reach to to generate the type of cultural turnaround needed, because, you know, abusing children in this way started with one man back in the 40s and 50s, um, falsifying scientific studies, and he really was active at politicking to soften our legal system, our psychological health care system, and our educational system to accepting um, an adult's sex with a child as, as somehow normal and good. Well, we've investigated and we see how utterly destructive it is. So I think it's time for us to culturally do an about face on that subject and circle around the children and protect them. And that's the whole spirit of what Contraland's about. Yeah, well, very well said, Craig. And I'm so happy that you have kind of blown the lid off of this thing. And, and congratulations on getting the documentary out there. I know you've been working very hard on it. Uh, what I'm obviously I'm going to put a link in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners can tap and I'll do my best to share it with the audience. Well, what has the response been uh, so far from and the feedback been from the documentary? The response has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, some people are saying they have a, a bit of a hard time watching it because it's it's a painful topic. Other people saying they just celebrate it wildly because it's so long overdue. It needs to be exposed and that's the best medicine and. Um, there was only one or two people saying, oh, I wish you would have hit it even harder. You, you know, you, you didn't even go after the Vatican or you didn't even get, you know, this organization. I'm like, I'm like, my gosh, we're a small nonprofit organization. This is our first documentary out of the box. You know, we did this all with small donations uh, by supporters. And I think we knocked it out of the park. So 
those people obviously aren't tracking the situation and understand. Uh, they just want to see they want to see massive correction, as do I. Uh, so I understand their sentiment, but that was only like literally like two people out of 50,000 people that have seen it now. And um, it's it's inspiring and it's encouraging to see the heartfelt responses and how they're saying it impacted them and, and how important it is. So I'm grateful yeah. to see that. I, I think the majority of people have this notion that it's a, it's a much smaller issue than what it really is. I mean, this thing is at a grand scale. I know we've seen that the Jeffrey Epstein has kind of turned into like a funny meme on social media. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't hang, kill himself. And it, it's like this is a guy that was bringing people to an island to have sex with little kids. And I, I don't think that it, it, it gets enough attention in the media whatsoever. How much higher does this actually go? I mean, that's one guy that we know of that was a multimillionaire. How much higher does this thing go, Craig? Well, Epstein was really as rancid and, and I think evil as he was. You don't do that to children uh, if you're of sound mind and, and decent moral character. So he was an absolute uh, evil entity, but he was only, even in, at that, he was only a, a host or a caterer, if you will, to the elite. So some of the world's most powerful and influential people were flying to his island and to his mansions in New Mexico and and other locations where he was hosting big parties and providing underage children for them to abuse. So it goes all the way to the top, Alex. There there is no level at which I've observed to be above this because it seems to be that humans don't handle absolute power for too long very gracefully. And when people become multi-billionaires or they've grown up in families that are multi-billionaires and they can have literally garages full of all the race cars they want and they've traveled all over the world and they can buy influence and do anything they want after a while they apparently start to get bored and they start getting weird and i think you can study any of these uh some of these cases and see where where people kind of get deranged and they go off on some of these goat trails so it does seem to be that some of the most um influential and, and elite and wealthy people seem to be very heavily into this whole abuse uh, with the children in, in different ways so it's uh, disappointing to learn about mankind but that's uh, that's the reality that we're learning yeah, it's scary, too, Greg, because the guys with that kind of money and power can control the narratives that we see out on the media and suppress all the information that is coming out about it. And, and you know what? We hear the word a lot today, especially uh, on certain social channels about toxic masculinity. And to me, there's no more toxic of a, a man or a human being that is preying on young kids and, ha and, and, and selling them for sex and, and getting involved in that. And I, I wish that uh, they would pay more attention to it. But I guess if it's at that level, they have the power to kind of suppress these things. And, and one of the most disturbing things that I saw in the documentary was you had a guy that showed up uh, with, with a birthday cake for a 12 turning 13 year old girl uh, to have sex with her after just dropping off his kids. I mean, uh, yeah. how, how disturbing, how surprised are you by that type of uh, scenario? Well, we, we'd had several. One left his children up at a ski resort in Utah, his wife and children, and he drove a minivan down to our location with baby seats in the back to have sex with an underage, with a 13-year-old girl. So that wasn't as disturbing as the one guy with the birthday cake and the stockings turning out to be a federal agent. So yeah. uh, he was an active duty fed. So we, we thought, man, you're supposed to be one of the good guys. And uh, But we're like, you know, book him. We're, we're not playing favorites here. The, the, the law has to be equal and fair. Just Lady Justice has to be blind for it to be legitimate. And so it was only like a, 
a brief pause where we just kind of like, well, all right, continue on. <laughs> it is what it is. So, yeah, it, it, you really can't call it, Alec, on who these people are going to be. I think evil can find itself in the heart of any man or woman, and we've seen all kinds. So they, they come in, some of them illegal aliens, some of them elite pedophiles with money and influence and, and political power to get uh, get out of just about any charges uh, or, or get off very early on probation. And uh, it's just disturbing, but it's something that we have to, you know, kind of crank down our, our the, the strictness of our laws. We have to enforce them more strongly in defense of the children. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, and Craig, I mean, you work with a lot of the local law enforcement uh, agencies now. How many have uh, like task forces or units dedicated to this issue? I feel like kind of like every major city should have a task force specifically just dedicated to uh, doing what you do, basically creating profiles online and trying to find these guys. Is it common for police departments uh, to have a a force dedicated to this uh, this issue? It's becoming more common. Uh, thank God, it's it's increasing. So what we're seeing is other units that didn't other law enforcement agencies that didn't have this going on when we first started Vest for Child Rescue three years ago. Some of them now do. And they've got support all the way to the, from the White House now. So this president has made it clear where he stands on the abuse and, and uh, rape and sale of children. He's been very vocal about it and he's backed it up with his policies. So that's a good thing for kids. And we're seeing that uh, manifested out in the in the different agencies. So uh, but the problem is so big and so pervasive. Look, how much activity does it take to generate 38 to 50 billion dollars a year just selling the children alone inside the United States? Now, you imagine the, uh, the level of activity. That's just a that's a lot of harm to kids. It's all bad for the kids. So it's huge. So there's there's going to have to be an increasing and ongoing uh, national response. It's really going to have to be a cultural change uh, in the end to, to turn this back around. Yeah, I would call it a pandemic, Craig. I mean, we see I mean, I would think that's something worth shutting the economy down for is to shut it down and rid the, the country of these pedophiles and these people that are involved in it. To me, that seems like a worthy cause. Uh, and it, what, here's the other issue is obviously to, to have a lucrative business that big means there's a lot of clientele. What, what do we do? I mean, is there any chance that these guys could be um, rejuvenated or I mean, I don't think you can really change somebody's chemistry makeup when they're when they're attracted to little kids. What do you do with these guys once you catch them? How do you reform them or what do we as society do with them? What we've learned is that this type of lack of regard for other human beings, this lack of empathy is not something that can be easily rehabilitated, if at all. Uh, if you watch Contraland, you'll see uh, Bob Hamer from the FBI who'd gone undercover inside of NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy Love Association, pedophile group that hunt children. Um, he, he would interview these guys and talk to them, and they would confide in him because they thought he was one of them. And they would say, yeah, you know, we... We'll never change, but we'll tell the court-appointed counselors whatever they need to hear. So we have to realize, and my, my heart's good. I would love to see bad people rejuvenated. I think God has uh, the, um, he has grace, a mercy, and a forgiveness that doesn't really make sense on our level. It's, a, it's bigger. It's beyond what we can comprehend. So I'm not trying to limit God's grace and forgiveness, but I'm saying in our society, can we let 
predators stay on the loose who tend to just repeatedly harm uh, until they're caught and locked in a box to put a stop to it. I don't think we can afford to leave them out there. And I think the corrupt judges that turn them loose are complicit and should be investigated. And that's a big problem that we're seeing, Alec, is that uh, I used to call them soft judges and people inside the system are saying, Craig, you're wrong about that. Your heart's too good. You're giving them too much credit. They're not soft. They're corrupt. They're letting the predators loose because they're being paid to do it. And so anyway, however it's working, I don't know each judge and I don't know each case, but I know we have to take the predators off the streets and keep them from raping more because the average number of children that they rape is 70. Some of them rape hundreds of children because they like to work themselves into positions of access, um, unsupervised access to children. So they want to be scout leaders. They want to be Sunday school teachers. They want to be um sports coaches and things like that where they can have private access to the children and abuse them which and they they abuse those positions and they destroy our society by shattering the public faith in those once trusted positions so they do a lot of harm on multiple levels and for the rest of us to live in a free and safe and happy environment we have to lock the predators away and put a stop to their harm it's no good it's not merciful to let them back out to continue to rape and harm and 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 wreck society for all of the innocent yeah, well said, Craig. And as far as the, the most, the majority of the victims that you're seeing from this that are being uh, snatched up, uh, are, are you saying uh, one thing I talk about on my show a lot is that we have a fatherless crisis here in the United States. We got way, way too many kids are growing up without a father in the home. Are you seeing any correlation with the number of kids that are getting sold into slavery? Uh, do they have come from uh, broken homes or, or, or households without a father? We're seeing an absolute correlation. And let me let me share something that should resonate so so that I don't try to come across as holier than anybody else. I was running high threat mobile security for an agency over in the war zone that that we don't talk about, but they're, you know, American uh, people involved in our defense. Well, I was, I was having to do to deploy for months at a time. And so when I was coming home, I saw that our son was being, and our, our little boy, was so bright and beaming. He had this just beautiful personality. He was just a happy soul. And the children and the teachers would come out and, and run out to greet him and yell his name, Caden, whenever I'd let him out of the truck in the morning. You know, it was really, really inspiring. Just a beautiful kid. He started being withdrawn and, and, and kind of dark. And we were like, whoa, 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 what's going on with our boy? What, this is a change. And so... He wouldn't tell us, and so we started really asserting ourselves into the school, going on the field trips, going to sitting in in the classrooms and, and talking to other teachers. What are you seeing? What's going on? And one of the teachers confided, confided in my wife, you need to watch his teacher. There's something going on there. He targets one kid each year, and he just he torments them, and he, and he just he's an emotional, psychological predator. Well, the teacher ended up being a homosexual, and I don't know that that's what he was why he was targeting our child, but we, my wife and I went and faced the the principal and we sat him down and we said, you will get this guy out of our school and our child is never going to be in the same room with that man ever again. So you're going to fix it. Well, the principal was having a relationship with that teacher and the principal wasn't inclined to do anything about this tenured teacher that was so protected. And I said, well, you know what? Our child is more protected. Try us. 
because you'll be on the news by tomorrow night and we'll have pickets out here and I'll put on a canary suit and dance around in your parking lot if I have to to get attention here because this is not okay. How many other children has he harmed and why is he here? And why haven't you done anything about it yet? So now it's going to be your job, Mr. Principal. You're going to be held to account because you are the one responsible for your teachers. And, and then only then did he uh, make the um, the change. In fact, the next season, he goes, well, you will take your child out of the teacher's class and we'll let him finish out. And then next year he won't come back. And I'm like, that's pretty weak response. Next year he was on the roster again. And that's when we went back and said, dude, Wrong answer. Stand by. Pain's coming. He's like, oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. So they they removed him and he was he was relieved. But it took that. So I, they'll they'll ta- not only target a child without a father, Alec, but they'll target one whose father isn't present right there. And for me, I was I was in a war zone because that's where I could make the amount of money that we needed to take care of my family. That's where I was valuable and I could make that contribution. But at the same time, my, my kids were growing up without me. And so I was kind of getting it all wrong. My heart was in the right place, but so I'm like, okay, I got to transition home and find something else to do here. But that's, um, I want that little anecdote to resonate with people to, to go, Hey, look, man, they can even target a Navy SEAL and federal agents kid. If he's not right there making his presence known. So, uh, we, I just say that to say this, let's assert ourselves on behalf of our children and make our presence known and and uh, and defend them and stand by them and let all the predators that may be observing know that this child is, is well protected. Yeah, nothing would give me greater pleasure than to think these guys are, are shitting themselves knowing that somebody like you is out there coming for them. And, and, you know, just in the story that you said there, you had one of the teachers say, oh, that guy, we know him as a guy that targets one student every year. This was already known. It almost reminds me of like uh, the Jerry Zandusky situation in Penn State where this had been going on for years and people had to know about it, but kind of just turned a blind eye to it. And it was, you know, it, it's that now. Let me ask you this, Craig. We as a society, uh, has this been going on for like 100 years or is it recent since this technology age where we have just the overwhelming amount of access to pornography? Like, are we making it more conducive? Are we as a society creating more of these uh, 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 predators that are out there? All right, dads. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Lumen. Lumen is working to improve the world's metabolic health and quality of life. Lumen is the first handheld device that measures your metabolism through the breath to tell you what fuel source your body is using for fuel, carbs or fats. You can receive real-time daily insights about where your metabolism is at to help you optimize your workouts, get fit, or lose weight. Lumen Science is rooted in years of validation research conducted by two of their founders and chief scientists. And today, First Class Fatherhood listeners can get $25 off by using the promo code FATHERHOOD25. Visit www.lumen.me or hit the link in today's show notes and enter the code FATHERHOOD25 to get $25 off and improve your quality of life today. You know, it's that now. Let me ask you this, Craig. We as a society, uh, has this been going on for like 100 years or is it recent since this technology age where we have just the overwhelming amount of access to pornography? Like, are we making it more conducive? Are we as a society creating more of these uh, 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 predators that are out there? You know, bad character has existed from the dawn of mankind, no doubt. 
we see examples of, of abuse going back as long as you know written history uh, will indicate. But I do believe there's been a an acceleration of it due to the access, like you're talking about with the electronic apps and the access. Um, whereas before, a lot of these predators visually oriented, a lot of them we used to share Polaroids of, of children that they would abuse and shoeboxes and they would go to each other's houses and, you know, or mail the stuff back and forth and, and trade them like trading cards between the sickos. And now it's just easier for them and it's accelerated. They can get video and they can get images with the click of the mouse. And I do, I believe in freedom of speech, but I, I believe more strongly in defense of the innocent. So I think uh, we've got to absolutely shut down any child pornography activity on any Internet uh, access whatsoever, because that does seem to be accelerating and exacerbating the problem. And, you know, watching too much porn for guys is a problem because like any addiction, once you get too much of something, it takes more. And then what's the next thing that's going to give the guy the visual or the mental uh, charge he needs. It's going to have to be something a little bit unusual. And the next thing you know, it's something weird. The next thing you know, it's something abusive and repulsive and, and despicable. And, and they get off. But but I think that starts with bad character. You don't get into same things that are harmful like that if you have respect for others and, and, re, and have respect for human life and you have empathy you know, never should it be okay for a normal guy to watch so much porn that he decides that a woman needs to be raped because she's got on a miniskirt. You know, we instinctively know that that's wrong. And so I think a normal guy wouldn't go down that goat trail. I think this, the people that do are, are uh, kind of broken um, morally and their integrity is broken from the beginning. And I think the, the access only uh, gives them an avenue to accelerate um, their their problems. That's that's been my learning on it so far. Yeah, it's one one of the things I worry about the most, Craig, is I have three boys and then my my little girl. But it's like my, my oldest is fourteen now, and it's like it, they all use these devices, and it's like right now it's not even going to a porn site. You could just Google naked woman, and you're going to get thousands of images, videos, and all this stuff pops up. It's it's so hard to um, and, and it's very easy for these people to manipulate them. Just like you talk about in the documentary, the grooming process that they go through. I mean, if they catch them in these video game chat rooms. Uh, it, it seems like a, a way we don't even know what's going on because we assume they're just sitting there playing Minecraft, but really they're talking to this guy somewhere in the country uh, that, that that's starting this grooming process. Are you seeing a lot of it uh, coming through that way, through video games and through uh, through the technology that they're getting to these kids? Great question, and it's a, an important point to touch upon. Yes, uh, they will. St- the predators will stalk the children through their Xbox games, through all sorts of apps that children chat back and forth on. And the predator will pose as another child. So let's say it's one of your sons. Um, the predator would probably st- stalk your son by sending him a photograph of a, a, a similarly aged, pretty young girl and say, hey, I'm new to your school. I'm kind of scared. Uh, you seem nice. I saw you in the hallway today um, and, and start up a conversation with him. And if he's a nice kid and she's pretty, he's probably going to. He's going to be pretty happy about that and chat with her. And then what the predator will do is is start showing some naked pictures or revealing pictures saying, hey, you know, you know, and and started exposing the the girl. And the boy thinks that she's 
liking him and she's doing that for him and then next thing the boy knows the girl's asking for a little picture of something in return so he maybe he does it well then the predators asking for more and if the boy gets uncomfortable and if he ever stops the predator goes wait a minute i'm going to send these pictures to your parents unless you give me video now or you give me more pictures or i'm going to send it to your whole school I've got the, I've got the, all their teachers and everyone. I'm going to send these pictures to your school or to your church or to your, uh, to, or I'm going to put them on, on live on the internet for everybody to see millions of, you know, billions of people. And so the child gets scared. Maybe the child gets more, gives more. And maybe the child still doesn't know that it's a, it's a 50 year old hairy fat man, you know, or whatever pervert after him. But uh, there can be a luring of the boy to, hey, meet me after school at the edge of the school campus or the playground or whatever. And the kid could get, you know, maced, you know, sprayed with pepper spray, hit in the head, thrown in the back of a creepy rape van and never seen or heard from again. I mean, there's just horrible scenarios like that that we're hearing about constantly. So that's one thing that they do. They definitely stalk the children through all their smart app devices. And we as parents have to assert ourselves and get in there and find out who our children are dealing with and what these apps are doing. Some of these apps, Alec, not only um, have audio and video and, and recording capability, but they've got geolocating on it. And the child might not even know that the predator can tell not only what state, but what city and what neighborhood and what home the child is in, but even what bedroom, which corner of the house that thing is pinging from. The poor child has no idea. And the predator may just be sitting in the car out front and the kid goes out to take out the garbage. Maybe uh, maybe he gets snatched and, and you never see, for, see or hear from him again or her. So, it, yes, they stalk, they stalk our children through the apps and we have to assert ourselves. And, and that's the new killing fields. That's how they're gaining access and stalking our children. Yeah, very scary stuff, Greg. And one thing that I see personally, I, I drive Uber on the weekends and, and well, not now during the pandemic, but normally I drive on Friday and Saturday nights for the bar scene. Uh, and it's one of the now they're not underage, but there's it, an it education a, for you. It is a nightmare to see these young girls that come out of the bar intoxicated by themselves that just get in my car. They don't question me. They don't. And I'm thinking like, man, if, if there's a predator out here, you get an Uber sticker online for anywhere you want and you could pose as do you see any with the? I mean, it's not really child trafficking because they're older, but they're still like college age kids. Are you seeing anything through Uber and Lyft and all of this ride sharing? Has there become an issue with trafficking through any of that? Have you seen? We've we've heard stories about it uh, quite a few, but you touched on something that's very important. It's just the naivety of of young people. And and I mean, our daughter scared us to death with some of the stuff that she did. And we only learned about it after the fact. She's just packed up her car and went somewhere and, and and apparently had a great time. Oh, I went to LA this, you know, this past week and we're like, sweetie, there, what you, this was when she was just old enough to, to, to drive. So very adventurous and very private, but we're like, you're not welcome to just do that. I mean, there's certain things that we can uh, help look over you with. And, and it's just, they don't know what they don't know. It's like little bunny foo foo, hopping around in the forest and they don't know that there's a big bad, bad wolf or they've heard about it but it doesn't seem real until the big bad wolf grabs them and bites them and um, it, it's just heartbreaking to see how easy prey 
some of the children are. And I think that's why we have to be so much more vigilant and diligent to look after them. And uh, we don't want to steal their happiness or steal their childhood um, joy and innocence by telling them too much. But we do need them to know that predators are out there and that they do have to be alert. There's, at some pl- point, there's a, a perfect balance between alertness and, and complete oblivion. You know, I guess complete oblivion would be the, the most happy place for a child, but also the most dangerous place. And if a child was completely tuned up, man, if I had my way and if, if I wasn't thinking about the child's happiness, I mean, I could have my child be a, like a ninja kid, like spy kid. You know, they'd be able to do all kinds of stuff and nobody would get them. But would they be very happy? No, that's not a good, innocent, playful childhood for a kid, right? Hardcore, you know, assassin training kind of stuff. So somewhere there's a perfect balance. There's a perfect solution on how aware they need to be. And I think as long as we're looking for that, we'll we'll do pretty good. Yeah, and exposure, like as you said earlier, I think is really the key. And we've seen like we've seen the one movie uh, Taken with Liam Neeson that kind of got into the world of that. And you remind me of like the real life type of guy. Uh, in a take in and, uh, you know, Minus like the I said, accent. Uh, yeah. And, and I, like I said, I watched the documentary with my wife. She was a victim to this as, as a child and sexually abused. And, and she made sure to tell me to let you know that you're her hero and you're mine as well, Craig. And I really love the fact that you're on the forefront of doing this. And I could talk to you all day about it. I think it's such an important issue. What's next for you here now? The documentary is out. What is the next step for you? What are the goals for the future of it? Well, what I'm hoping happens from the documentary is that it gets shared far and wide because viral reach is literally needed in order to this to have the, the cultural effect that that's required to, to address this problem. So with that reach, I hope it comes access uh, from greater political backing and support. I mean, we've done a fantastic amount of good with the the private donations that we've gotten through our nonprofit org. But I think, uh, man, with the the FBI and CIA and, and uh, counter-terrorist assets that I've got on my board and on my team and on my friends and contacts list, we could really, really kick the pants out of child trafficking in the United States uh, with a significant operational budget. And we wouldn't have to be so public with it. You know, one thing about running a nonprofit org is, is we're accountable to the people and the donors. So, man, I make everything wide open and available to everybody that's donated to help this happen because we're all sharing this together. It's a kind of a crowdfund project, right? Uh, but if you really want to go after the larger, more powerful uh, rings of, of counter of, of child trafficking and, and the elite, uh, you need to have operational security and, you, and that you need to have a pretty significant budget. And uh, NGOs can do what law enforcement can't in a lot of ways and law enforcement can do what we NGOs can't. So together we can make an unbeatable combination. And I think that that partnership and that relationship needs to be exploited and built upon and capitalized upon for the children, because with it, we can do a lot more than we can separately. So that's something that I think the president needs to know about. And uh, I think there's, there's a lot of horsepower that can, can be brought to the fight against child trafficking with that that combination. So I hope that that comes. Uh, there's probably going to be a Contraland 2 where we go in a little bit deeper and show some other aspects of it because it's a wide scope of problem. It's not it's not a very simple problem. There's a, there's a lot of ways that they're harming children and, and quite frankly, a very huge story. So, And there's also a possibility of us get, having a 
a documentary series, a real life series of us running our operations, bringing in experts, learning from the witnesses and victims and the perpetrators themselves on how it all works and how we can all as a, as a society help defeat it for the children. So there's a lot on the table. There's a lot of open invitations from law enforcement to go run joint ops that we, uh, man, we if we start getting better funding, we can just start going running more of these operations and taking more predators off the streets. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about there. I'd love to see a Netflix or a Hulu special of you running this once a week. I mean, it would be great. And as yes, you talk about the president and, and, and getting involved with the budget, right now it seems like they're just uh, pulling money out of thin air and giving people are asking for, because of the coronavirus, they're throwing in things like money for the Kennedy Center and stuff. Why not uh, throw in something to defend our children here? I, I think I don't see a problem with that, and I would have no problem with that being included in the package, but um, maybe a topic for another time. And now the, the majority of my listeners, they're all parents. Everybody listening out there, you have kids. Do your part in, in sharing this Contra land. I really urge you to check it out and be knowledgeable of what's going on out there. And the last thing I'll ask you here, Craig, is what type of advice could you give to the parents out there uh, to take those steps to keep their kids safe? Yeah, man. Number one, know who's in your child's life. Who is your child hanging out with and what culture is surrounding your child when you're not looking? Number two, um, I would say take their their smart devices and put them in your master bedroom for charge overnight. That's that's when a lot of the children get into trouble. Uh, so get into their phones, find out who they're dealing with and make sure they're safe. And number three, go to vetsforchildrescue.org. And there's a lot of tools there on some of the apps that have been harmful for uh, children that predators stalk them through and other empowering information and uh, a template for a a letter, a form letter to fill in the blanks and send to your elected officials for stronger enforcement to protect the children. So we appreciate everybody doing that. Yeah, very well said. This is an extreme honor for me to have you back on the podcast here, Craig. I love what you're doing. I, I really respect the, the, the entire process of the Vets for Child Rescue. The links will be in the description of today's podcast episode. And thank you for coming back. Give me a few minutes more of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alex. It's a pleasure and uh, really enjoy enjoyed it. So thank you for amplifying the voice and the mission. Bless you for it. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Craig Sawyer for returning to the podcast here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, and drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And please hit the link in the description of today's podcast episode and watch this documentary titled Contraland. Share it with everybody on your social media. The more people that see it, the better. We need to be doing more to protect our kids and keep them safe. God bless Craig Sawyer and the Vets for Child Rescue. Uh, please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here next week i got some bangers coming your way that's all i got for you right now i'm alec lace thank you for listening to first class fatherhood and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers